What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast, the insurgent bi-weekly audio syllabus for and by queer folks of color. I am Money, and I think I'm going to call myself the last lesbian for this episode because I'm here solo again. Um, Nikita is back on the rig, and I don't know if y'all could tell or not, but um, the last couple episodes were actually pre-recorded. And I guess there were just more Thursdays in October than we thought, than we budgeted for. So, uh, yeah, I'm here by myself. And I'm also kind of like here by myself in Syracuse when Nikita is on the rig. Um, It's been so funny because everybody's been asking me how I'm coping with her being gone. And I'm like, (laughs) Uh, are y'all asking me that? Because I'm literally the only other black lesbian, you know, besides her. But, (laughs) yeah, so... Um, yeah, so I am here again doing a solo episode. So sadly, that means we won't have a word this week. But I feel like I've I've found a creative way to give the spirit of the word without us having Nikita here for this episode. And I don't even know, maybe this would just be a mini-sode. I've been like super, super tired, but I also didn't want to leave y'all hanging without an episode or without some kind of content. Um, uh, until November. I'm like, nah, that's too long. That's too long. You know, community, we got to be here for each other. So yeah, let's get into the intro and go ahead and get into this episode. Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vibe incite my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light, I'm loving your soul They hate you, replace you, take you, but know that you go Worldwide from every continent, I just want you to jig a little bit Move them hips, feel that bliss, hug your sis, make a fist Don't resist your temptation, you amazing, no limitation My favorite in this matrix, we move by your vibration And that's love, I hope you hear that on the daily Cause baby you love, I hope you hear that on the daily Cause baby you love I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love, you love, hey. All right, so just as a reminder where you can find us um, out on the uh, digital streets, we are on Instagram and Twitter at QueerWalkPod, P-O-D. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash QueerWalkPod. Uh, we're on Tumblr, where it all began, at QueerWalk.com, and Thank y'all for everybody who's been, like, submitting to keep the Tumblr alive. Um, I've been off it, for real. So thank you for for reminding me that it's there, and that's how all of this began. So, um, yes, the Tumblr is QueerWalk.com. All the ways you can listen. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, CastBox, Pocket Cast, or all the other major platforms that don't need a shout-out ways you can contribute to this here program um you know me and Nikita are the curators but y'all make it possible and even on times like this where like my best friend is MIA I really you know I feel like I come because y'all inspire me and definitely like give me energy to not only do the podcast but to do the other shit that I be doing in my life too so 
ways that you can contribute and keep this program growing and going <laughs> is you can you can contribute one of two ways. One is monetarily. Give us your coin at the cash app, which is dollar sign queer walk pie. That's a non-committal one time stop off. Donate as much or as little as you can. Or you can become a sustainer by becoming a patron over on Patreon.com. So the Patreon is patreon.com slash QueerWalkPod, P-O-D. And that is a monthly way to give us monetary donations and to get a few perks. Uh, I'll be uploading the October playlist for the patrons soon. Um, And definitely as we keep growing, we want to do like weekly content for patrons. So if you want that exclusive, head over and become a patron at patreon.com slash QueerWalkPod. The other way that you can sustain Queer Walk is by loving us out loud. You can do the R's, rate us, review us, request a topic because we desperately need topic suggestions. <laughs> Repost the episodes, um, retweet us uh, when we're, you know, doing stuff on Twitter. Use the hashtag QueerWOC or QueerWOCPOD. Um, we're using both of those interchangeably. Um, to talk all things the podcast, to respond to us, to reply. Um, those are all non-monetary ways that you can love us out loud, and they help us just the same to grow the podcast and continue it. You can also submit a Queer Walk of the Week. You can send us a Curved Chronicle at the Gmail, which doesn't have a character limit, <laughs> which some of y'all might find helpful, at QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. That's also the email if you're trying to flute us or trund us out to your local organization or school, QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. All right, so I'm going to move it on along to the QueerWalk, QueerWalk, QueerWalk of the week segment and the queer walk of the week segment is the segment where we highlight a queer women of color or a queer folk of color who is just doing some bomb ass shit who's um uplifting who's furthering the community who's furthering the culture who's uh just doing something or in need of community um so this is our segment where we do that where we highlight someone so this is like a a a queer walk within a queer walk. So I so first for the inspiration for this queer walk of the week, I want to shout out Afro Queer Podcast. Uh, they are another one of the podcasts from the continent that really feel like us. Um, we are just a global community, and it sometimes it like brings me to tears to think about like how all of us are doing this work in like our corners of the universe. So shout out Afro Queer. We are like longtime uh, social media homies. <laughs> and so um, thank y'all for existing. We see y'all. We love y'all. And their latest episode actually profiled um, the woman that is Queer Walk of the Week this week. So that profile was on Shepo Ricky Hosatow. And I'm about to tell y'all a little bit about why Shepo Ricky Hosatow is the Queer Walk of the Week, but I will put the link in the description and encourage you to listen to her interview on Afro Queer Podcast, just to hear her own words, her own voice, and just how epic and bomb she is. So uh, the link to that is in the description of this episode. Tell Afro Queer Podcast that Queer Walk sent you. All right, so a little bit about Ricky. Ricky is a well-known um, name in the like global LGBTQ activism community. Uh, and I'm about to tell y'all why. So she's originally from Botswana 
And she's been like a phenomenal queer activist across the continent of Africa, mostly because in 2017, she was uh, known for her history making four year long court battle to change her gender marker from male to female on her documentation, which she won in 2017. She won that case. Uh, This made Ricky the first trans woman to win such a case in Botswana. So history making, history making, right? Um, And so listening to, because I had read, I think it was on like Reuters or something. I had read about Ricky's story about her winning her case in Botswana to change her gender markers, uh, to get, like, her documentation to be affirming of her gender. But I didn't know that she had been doing all this other dope-ass stuff. So Afro Queer Podcast interviewed her, and I found out a little more tidbits about her. So let me share. So I think I, what I didn't know is that she had started her activism at a really young age. Um, I think in the interview she said she transitioned around 13, with the support of her, actually her older brother, who had watched the episode of of Oprah and was like, "Hey, I think this identity describes you." Um, and so her her older brother, her mom, and like extended family were in, incredibly encouraging of her, and she transitioned really young um, and went on to really like advocate for uh, gender inclusion, gender diversity. In 2016, uh, Ricky won the Mandela Washington Fellowship. And so I had to look this up because, I mean, obviously Nelson Mandela, freedom fighter. So I'm like, huh, I wonder what this fellowship is. So the Mandela Washington Fellowship is awarded by the Young African Leaders Initiative, and it empowers young African organizers between 25 and 35 to pursue academic work, leadership training, or like grassroots organizing in the United States. And to date, they have supported more than 700 fellows since 2014. And I'm just saying, like, I mean, I'm I'm in academia, you know, out here trying to be a professor. And j- to support 700 black fellows in, in like, a five-year span is just, like, phenomenal and incredible. So shout out to the Young African Leaders Initiative. And yeah, so Ricky won one of those fellowships in 2016 uh, to do her organizing work around trans inclusion in Botswana. And in 2017, she was named Role Model of the Year by Yali as well. Um, So yeah, just dope shit. Just doing dope shit. Can you imagine putting on for your hometown so hard they they name you Role Model of the Year? Like, (laughs) so dope. Uh, and so in Ricky's a, a quote that stood out to me in listening to this episode of Afro Queer Podcast where they interview Ricky, she says, my victories are not just for me, but for every single trans diverse person in Botswana. Um, and like, I really got that feel like listening to her. She uses like community words, right? Like we or us. It's like it, her case was about her, but it wasn't about her. You know, it's like setting the precedent so other trans folks can have their documentation match their um, identity as well. So shout out to Shepo Ricky. Hostile, we love you and we uplift you. And I think it's also really important right now to just shout out black trans women who are doing dope ass shit because, um, you know, like y'all don't get enough shine at all. So every way we can celebrate you, we will. Go follow Ricky on Twitter. Her Twitter is at Ricky Hostile, and I'll put that in the description because her 
Okay, so it's Ricky, R-I-C-K-I, and Hosatau is spelled K-G-O-S-I-T-A-U, and I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. I think I am, because I listened to your interview like four times, so <laughs> so yeah. Uh, again, shout out to Afro Queer Podcast for highlighting um, her on the interview. That link is in the description, and shout out to Ricky doing dope-ass continental trans rights activism. All right, I'm moving on along to the community contributors segment. Um, this is so funny, y'all, because it's like I'm in my office on campus recording. This is the first time I've ever recorded outside of my apartment. And I feel like I'm like, you know, breaking the rules, like using <laughs> using my paycheck from the institution to record a podcast. Or, uh, um, but I can't do my Cardi B inspired community contributors jingle without Nikita. So I'm going to do my 1950s radio community contributors jingle. Community contributors! Yeah! <laughs> um, and if anybody wants to provide some inspiration for the community contributors jingle, uh, I encourage you to submit that to queerwalkpie at gmail.com. <laughs> we need an official jingle, y'all. All right. So first, we want to shout out the new patrons over on the Patreon. Um, these are the sustainers who keep us going, who keeps the mic on over here at Queer Walk. So the first new patron to Queer Walk is Ayan. Thank you, Ayan, for becoming a patron. Second, want to shout out Mel. Thank you, Mel. And uh, um, okay. How do I say this? So, a folk who shall remain anonymous, <laughs> who also became a patron. So, let's say new patron number 407. <laughs> Thank you, new patron 407, for becoming a patron. Also, want to shout out Ashley CS, who hit us up on the Cash app. Thank you so much. The one-time donations are just as important as the Patreon donations. And also, Angela purchased some Queer Walk merch, uh, and you and Bay look so cute on Instagram, uh, flexing in the merch. So thank you for purchasing the merchandise. You know, soon, the sooner we get rid of the Glucose Guardian t-shirts, the sooner we can have Ev design some other ethical merch, you know, <laughs> and see what all else y'all want. So thank you all for your monetary donations. Okay. So I think we've clearly established that my small town shout out segment <laughs> is not really small towns. And I'm looking at these two and I'm like, I don't think these are small towns either. So I should really rename this. But until I do, the small town shout outs this week go out to Wilmington, Delaware. Please tell me that's not the capital of Delaware. <laughs> like, that's not a small town. Okay. Wilmington, nevertheless, regardless of your population, y'all were our number one city over the past two weeks. And so I don't know what took off in Delaware or who put their homies onto the podcast, but thank you so much. And please continue to spread the good word of Queer Walk in Wilmington. And the second city we're going to shout out is Alexandria, Virginia. Shout out to Alexandria. I actually have a cousin who lives there. So, yeah, much love to Alexandria. Coming through for the South. The North-South. <laughs> like, pretty close to East Coast. All right. All right. So, the next thing is a community contributor bulletin, like an announcement from Crystal. Crystal actually submitted this. Thank you, Crystal. And so, I'm going to read her message and then let y'all know, like, what the thing is that I think folks might be interested in who are in the New York City area. So Crystal writes, 
Hey lovelies, I'm finally catching up on all the episodes that I missed and I love, love, love the episode where Money talked about the benefits of group therapy. I just wanted to share this with you too and the rest of the Queer Walk community who live in the New York City area. My therapist's office has started a woman of color therapy group and it's led by a dope young black therapist named Amina. I would like to share this info because I think that is such an under-resourced, underused resource and each session is only $60, which for many is a lot more accessible than a $200 plus session weekly. And she's a licensed creative arts therapist. Need I say more? The sessions are every other Wednesday from 7 to 8 in Dumbo. And I really hope that someone from the Queer Walk Baddie Brigade can benefit from this. Let me get back to work before I get fired. (laughs) Be blessed, Uh, Crystal. Crystal, that's so funny because I'm recording this at my other job. So (laughs) I'm not about to get back to work. I'm about to read your announcement. Um, First of all, thank you so much. Like, Yes, yes, group therapy all day, every day, and twice on Sundays. I love group both as a participant and a therapist. Um, I think it's powerful as hell, so thank you so much for submitting this. Um, It looks like they've already started for the fall for this group because some groups are closed, meaning like you can't join them as they take off. But I encourage anybody in the like New York City area who feels interested in in a women of color group to still call and like check it out to see if you can get in the next time the group starts up. So the group is called Can I Get a Witness with Amina. Um, it's Wednesdays from seven to eight. Uh, and there's a number here to register. I'm gonna post it on our Instagram so you can follow us at Queer Walk Pod on Instagram to see the information about the group. And I also put Amina's information in the description to this episode. Uh, This sounds so dope. And this is like, this is just uh, like uh, black feminist miracles, as Alexis Pauline Gums would say, because this is something that I so want to do when I finish this damn dissertation. So, (laughs) so yeah, so check out the information for this in the description of this episode. And also make sure you're following us on Instagram because I'll post the flyer and the information for the Women of Color um, group therapy session with Amina there. Thanks again, Crystal, for submitting this. All right, so we have two new reviews, two new reviews from the Apple Podcast app. The first is from Abija, and Abija writes, thanks for your work, five-star review. I can't believe I haven't found you before now. I'm in my last year of undergrad and money's mental health moments are going to be really helpful. So thank you. Good luck finishing your dissertation, by the way. You got this. Whew, child. Thank you. I love history and I live for the word and it makes me feel validated in my nerdiness. Thank y'all so much for everything. Purple heart. I think maybe the intersections of environmental justice and the the movement for black lives could be a cool topic. Thanks so much, Abija. I don't know if you listened to, I think it was actually the last episode, episode 75, maybe it was episode 74, um, where Nikita talked about like the young folks who are uh, doing environmental justice uh, stuff, who are like folks of color and black um, youth. And so I wonder what you thought about that topic. I know you just found us, so catch up on those back episodes and see what you think. Like, let us know what you thought about that. That was one of her words really recently. All right. The second review is from the Upstate homie, Candace. So <laughs> Candace, Candace's username is Candace Upstate. Shout out to Upstate queers, you know. <laughs> Candace writes, 
Highlight of 2019, five stars. Let me tell y'all something. I listen to this podcast every single day. <laughs> There's like ex- emphasis on the every single day. Shout out to my fellow upstate New York Queer Walks building community. I feel so seen, inspired, and less isolated because of the community Money and Nikita continue to build and nurture. I could go on and on about how much I cherish this program. Yes, program. (laughs) But for the sake of brevity, all I will say is subscribe, support, and share. You are guaranteed to laugh, learn, and heal with each episode. Oh, my God, Candice. Thank you so much. Um, And I haven't even had a chance to, like, talk about, um, like, the Kinfolk Collective's uh, Upstate uh, shindig that I attended um, because the episodes were pre-recorded. So I'm definitely going to uh, like recap my experience of that and the topic for this episode. And thank you for building community too. I know it took a lot to pull that festival off. It was huge. So thank you. Like right back at you. Everything you said, right back at you, girl. All right. Well, I'm going to move it on along to the mental moment with money. And in this segment, I give you some kind of, like, mental health, like, tips, tricks, uh, grounding exercises. You know, I love a grounding exercise. Apparently, I also love a list and alliteration um, to help you with your mental wellness and well-being. So this segment is no different. Okay, so outside of missing my biffle with Nikita being gone, I've also been, like, going through a lot of, like, life, y'all. Like, health stuff, um, mood stuff, and just in general, like, essentially working for jobs, like, being really tired. And so I wanted to do a segment on rest. Um, And it just so happened that there was... There was this article from Shine, which I don't know if folks have heard of that app or not, but there's this uh, mental wellness app called Shine, and it has, like, a lot of different, like, meditations and um, inspirational quotes and stuff that you can use. I'm not sure if you have to pay for it or not um, because I just follow them on the gram (laughs) and the articles that they post on their website. Uh, But there is an app if you would like to have it mobile. Um, And they actually just did an an excellent article on breast. And so I was like, oh, shit, just in time. So I'm going to talk about the seven types of rest that we need. And this feels like a natural follow-up to the seven dimensions of wellness. Uh, If y'all remember, it was like a year ago in episode 58 where I talked about the seven dimensions of wellness. Um, The seven dimensions being physical, social, environmental, financial, spiritual, emotional, and intellectual. Because a lot of times when we talk about wellness, we only talk about like the physical or um, like emotional. So I did like an overview of that. If you want to hear that, it's episode 58. Um, And so today just feels like a, a springboarding off of that to talk about the types of rest that we need. And so what really had me wanting to do like rest is that... There's not enough sleep that makes me feel rested these days. (laughs) So I'm like, hmm, I'm not sleepy. I'm tired. And so I was like, oh, there has to be something out there about, like, different types of rest. 
if there's all these dimensions of wellness, right, right, right? Well, apparently there is. I'll post a link to the article from um, Shine in the um, description of this episode. The article is an interview with uh, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. Um, And she's also on Twitter, Dr. Chandra Dalton-Smith. So I'll post all that information in the description for this episode. But I just want to give y'all a rundown of the seven different types of rest that she suggests for us. So here goes my list. (laughs) So the first type of rest, obviously, like I was talking about earlier, is physical rest. Um, So it's pretty obvious to know when we need to rest in this area, um, when we can't stay awake. When coffee feels like it's just not helping anymore, can't hold our eyes open, um, you need sleep. Um, And y'all know, I feel like every three episodes, I'm always talking about how important sleep is for our mental wellness um, and physical wellness. Uh, You know, having, having a lack of sleep can also mimic symptoms of depression. So physical rest is very important. So making sure that you're getting enough sleep, making sure you're getting good sleep, um, that you're comfortable when you're sleeping, that you've assessed your sleep hygiene and all that stuff. But physical rest can also look like at work, just slowing down and taking a deep breath. Um, Maybe you can take a power nap. (laughs) Um, It doesn't have to always be, okay, got to make sure I get eight hours tonight. You can take small windows of physical rest. Something you can do to give your body a chance to pause and restore. The second type of rest is mental rest. And so how can you tell if you need a mental rest? Have you been rereading the same sentence like 10 times and you still not retaining what it's saying? Then you probably need a mental break. In these moments, if uh, like I say my brain is just like mush, like I literally feel like my brain is like a wet sponge and it can't take anything else in. That's when you need a mental rest. Um, I've talked about this before as a um, a mental moment with money also, but when you're in this mode, like it's midterms. I know a lot of folks are in this mode. When you're in the mode of like trying to retain a lot and feel like you need a mental rest, give yourself built-in breaks, like the 35-30, um, the 45-5, whatever works for you. Like work for 30 minutes, take a five-minute break, work for 30 minutes. Other ways you can take a mental rest is to stop reading, maybe try listening to the things that you're trying to study for instead of reading it. Take a mental health day from class. Don't go to lecture that day. It's okay. It's one day. You will not fail the class. (laughs) If you're feeling like you can't retain something anyway, going to class probably won't be that helpful anyway. Another way to take a mental break is to step away from the computer. Stop typing. Um, ground yourself. <laughs> Remember where you are in space and time. Add a little bit of meditation in here and there. Queen of uh, Miss Vixen uh, podcast just put out like a bad bitch meditation. Listen to that. Uh, do something simple, repetitive, and like monotonous so that you can turn your brain off. And it can, like, you don't have to think about what you're doing. It can just be kind of like a mindless activity. Something that I, I've been doing since I was little is like crocheting. My mom taught me how to do it. Her mom taught her how to do it. And so I, I can do that without thinking. So think about the things that you can do without thinking. Like, it's just muscle memory that you don't have to use brain capacity for. That's a mental rest. 
The third type of rest is social rest. So I think I just heard a sigh of relief from all the introverts out there <laughs> um, because introversion means you need, you know, like that one one on one time with yourself to recharge. Um, I'm definitely not that like I recharge around people. Definitely. Um, but so I, I'm going to I'm going to give us like an introvert spin, an extra, extrovert spin and an ambivert spin on social rest. Right. So social rest just means you balance draining interactions with restorative interactions. So this doesn't have to look like isolation. It just looks like having social interactions that replenish you and don't deplete you. So, for example, I'm a therapist. I talk to people all day long about their own stuff. I'm also a teacher. So I'm on lecturing for like an hour and 20 minutes. Both of those things are social, but they're not restorative for me. So I have to balance out all the things that I do during the day with things that actually feel fulfilling and replenishing to me. So like I said, I am I am definitely not an introvert. So the way that I replenish is catching up with friends, talking to people that I don't have to explain myself to, you know, like, you know how sometimes when you are in a social interaction, you have to do like a lot of, of work of foregrounding who you are. This is why I hate networking, like conferences and stuff. You know, you you have to give that like introductory shit. I balance out those draining kind of interactions with interactions where I don't have to do any of that. Like my people know me, you know, catching up with friends, talking to my sisters. Um, Marco Polo is an app that I use to talk to my sisters and I love it. I love catching up with them. That feels uh, replenishing to me. If you are an introvert, um, social rest might look like reading a book for you or um, having some built in one-on-one with yourself, me, myself, and I time during your week. If you know that you have to be out and about, if you know that you have to be interacting with folks at work, if you know that you have to go to this, like, spiritual group thing, um, make sure you have a space that you can just be with you. So that's social rest. The fourth type of rest is creative rest. And so we get burnt out with creative energy, too. I think a lot of artists and, like, other types of creatives know that. If you're always making, planning, or doing, um, you need rest from that. You have to take breaks from it. The easiest way to take a creative rest is to be around things that inspire you. So maybe you're not writing music, but maybe you go to a concert, um, the thing that inspires me most is nature, like being being outside, being around things that like humans didn't create. <laughs> like that really inspires me. It gives me a creative break. I feel like it gets my creative juices back going. It's, pro- it's one of the reasons why I really love crystals. Uh, yeah. So be around things that don't call on you to do, create or be anything. Um, that's creative rest. The fifth type of rest is emotional rest. You ever felt emotionally burnt out? 
Um, I know I have. <laughs> um, a lot of times, if you're the person who everyone offloads on, it's really easy for you to feel uh, like you need an emotional rest. Some signs that you might need emotional rest is if you're snapping and popping off on people for like no real reason. It's like, mm, I really wouldn't usually pop off on somebody for this, but I'm just, ugh. You are a wet sponge is what I call it. It's like you're just full right now and you're still trying to sop up stuff. It's like you can't. You actually need to wring yourself out. Crying when you usually are able to hold it together. That is, these are all like signals that you need an emotional rest. Ways that we can take emotional rests. One, be able to set boundaries with folks and let them know that they can't offload on you right now. You need some space to not have that happening. Um, See if you can find someone to offload on. Uh, The way I like to do this is like just telling folks. I think I think I I don't I, I think I've done this ever since I was young. It's just like, hey, I just need you to listen. Like, I don't need any I don't need you to fix it or whatever. I just need to vent to somebody. And so when I say it and get it out, it just feels better. Um, See if you can find someone, like a friend or maybe even an acquaintance, somebody you don't really fuck with like that, but that (laughs) that they can really listen Um, and just have a vent session. Maybe for you, this looks like like therapy or group therapy (laughs) from the community contributor segment. Um, Maybe it looks like that. Any space that you don't have to be, um, you don't have to take away or be responsible for everyone's emotional offloading that can give you an emotional rest. All right. The sixth type of rest is spiritual rest. And this is so funny because I was just talking to my friend the other day and she was like, you know, like growing up in church gave me like a, almost like a scheduled way (laughs) to take like spiritual rest or have like a grounding to like land on. And like now not really being in church, like I don't have that. And so I've just been thinking a lot about this since we had that conversation about, like, how do we take spiritual rests, right? So I'm about to get real woo-woo with with y'all because y'all know I I wasn't really raised with religion. And and I do a lot of, like, cultural practices that that feel spiritual to me, you know. Black feminism is my religion. So spiritual rest is... Uh, a signal that you need a spiritual rest is if you're just feeling like not tethered, that you don't have meaning to stuff that you're doing when you're feeling like external, out of your body, afloat, alone in the world, trying to make sense and shape of your form on the earth, then yeah, you need some spiritual rest. So for some people, this looks like religion, but I'm going to give y'all like other examples of how you can take a spiritual rest and make meaning of our purpose, right? Volunteering. Volunteering is a good way to find like spiritual meaning. Like you can actually see the outcome of your time spent and like how it's helping other folks. Um, Chatting with somebody you know about the fuckery that is the state of the world right now. It helps you to like shape all the things that you're experiencing and to know that you're not alone, which happens so much when you feel spiritually burnt out. Like you just feel not just physically isolated and socially isolated, but like spiritually disconnected from stuff. And so talking to folks about like the way of the world right now can really be helpful. I'm also going to suggest like if you 
if you're feeling like religion ain't your juge or like talking to somebody about like politics and um, the current state of the world and like current events and stuff, explore things like astrology or like ancestral worship (laughs) and things like that. Um, Dig into ways that folks in your community have made meaning of their lives in other ways. For me, that looks a lot like black feminism. Like how have women before me like made sense of their experiences and survived, right? Um, And so spiritual rest actually made me think a lot about like the houses in your birth chart. So, you know, astrology, if you're into um, astrology. So the sixth house is all about like our purpose. Um, it's like our our bigger health, like health beyond just like physical wellness. It's essentially a, like the house that that governs like the work we do on the planet, right? Um, uh, it reminds me of that qu- quote, like service is the price you pay for the space you occupy, you know? Like that's what the sixth house is all about. It's not the same as like our career pass, which is more like the 10th house on your birth chart. And I think a lot of people, because we live under capitalism, right? A lot of people like feel distressed about that. Like if your sixth house is calling your purpose to be something that don't necessarily make money, like justice or (laughs) something like that. Um, And then, you know, you're like, okay, but I got, that's my purpose. But then I got to balance these bills though. Um, just knowing those things and like really getting into my birth chart makes me feel spiritually calmed. Um, it makes me feel very small, but also very big at the same time. It's like the, no one else has a birth chart exactly like mine. It's like the stars were aligned in this way when I was born. And, you know, so you like in all these non-religious spiritual ways, you know, that you can make sense of your existence. Um, yeah, so if any of those hit, I hope that helps as far as spiritual rest. And last but not least is sensory rest. Um, right now, we are in a sensory overload. We always have screens going. And so if your eyes feel strained, like even with your glasses on, even with your sunglasses on, if your ears are constantly ringing, then this probably means that you are overloaded with your senses and they need a rest. A good way to do this is by turning off all the screens and getting grounded. Um, I think about things like meditation is really good. If, if it's, if it's like a physical overload where like you can't, you can't stand to like touch one more thing or you can't stand to watch one more thing. um, Sitting and like listening to a meditation could be really helpful If your eyes aren't tired, there's a lot of visual meditations where you match your, your like breathing to whatever's happening on the screen. So if, if, you know, if your eyes aren't feeling strained, but your like ears keep ringing or you feel like you're not in your body, that's a good way to get a sensory reset. Also just good old books and like magazines and stuff. So getting away from a screen and printing something out and like reading it on paper Um, is a great way to give your senses a break. Um, I know they have, like, sensory deprivation chambers, too. I don't know how expensive that stuff is. Um, We just got one here in Syracuse, like, last summer. 
saying they do a student discount. So I'm not sure if that's like if if that's like out of price range, but that is an option as well. They have like those salt baths where um, it's super salt water and you float. So you like all your senses are literally at rest. Like you don't even have to do the work of like holding yourself up um, because you just float because the water is so salty. So all of those things. So just a quick rundown of the seven areas of rest, physical rest, mental rest, social rest, creative rest, emotional rest, spiritual rest, and sensory rest. So if you're tired, (laughs) run through all seven of these areas and see if you feel replenished. Hope it helps. And now we would usually do the bi-weekly word with our womanist worker, wordsmith wizard, Nikita. But she's on the rig. Ding, 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 ding. Um, so we don't have a word this week. But I did want to insert a clip here. All right? So I'm just going to give y'all like a preface of the clip. And I'm going to put it in. Because like I said, I, it's still the spirit of Nikita Alize. All right. So... On episode 63 of Queer Walk the Podcast, we highlighted Stacey Ann Chen, warrior, <laughs> black feminist poet, um, writer, uh, actress, all the things, as Queer Walk of the Week. Um, and recently, I was listening to your gay aunties, and they put one of her poems, All Oppression is Connected, as like an intro clip to their episode. And I, and I was just like, oh my God, I totally forgot about that poem. And it's so funny as I think about this because my last solo episode was Poetry is Not a Luxury. But it's like every damn time Nikita's gone, I just dive headfirst into black feminist poetry. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like hearing that clip on your gay aunties really reminded me of like, oh, shit, like that poem is so powerful and impactful. And I wanted to share it with you all. And it's on YouTube. I'll put the link in the description. But I'm also going to play the clip of... um, Stacey Ann Chen performing this right here for the word segment Um, because it is a word. It's actually several words um, and several drags. So I hope y'all like it um, and it moves you as much as it moves me. Uh, It's definitely one of the pieces that I go back to in my brain all the time. It's like June Jordan, a poem about my rights, Stacey Ann Chen, all oppression is connected, you know, like those and um, a litany for survival, Audre Lorde. Those are like my... (laughs) my like three go-tos that I always go back to um, in poetry form. So yeah, I'm going to put it in here and then just like a plug for your gay aunties, Stacey Anchin is going to be on their Sunday brunch with aunties soon. Um, I don't know if this is going to be their next episode or two episodes, but Hanifa, Red, and Stacey Ann Chen. Oh, I'm going to be there. So <laughs> um, run over to your gay aunties. And if you're not already listening and you're not already subscribed, get subscribed so um, y'all can get all the magic that is the three of them in conversation with each other. Okay, so I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to get into All Oppression is Connected by Stacey Ann Chen. So, um... <laughs> Being queer has no bearing on race, my white publicist said. True love is unaffected by color. 
I curb the flashes of me crashing across the table, knock his blonde skin from Manhattan to Montego Bay to bear witness to the bloody beatings of brown boys accused of the homosexual crime of buggery. Amidst the newfangled fads and fallacies, the new age claims that racial and sexual freedom has finally come for all. These under-informed, self-congratulating, pseudo-intellectual utterances reflect how apolitical the left has become. It is now commonplace to hear young activists of all races say, I can't explain why, but the term lesbian just comes across as confrontational to me. Why can't you people just say you date people? Tongue and courage tied with fear, I am at once livid, ashamed, and paralyzed by the neoconservatism breathing malicious amongst us. Gay, lesbian, bisexual, ally, feminist, artist, two-spirit, non-gender conforming, every year someone comes up with a new term for us. Yet every day, I become more and more afraid to say black, or lesbian, or immigrant, every day, under the pretense of unity, I swallow something I should have said about the epidemic of AIDS in Africa, or the violence against teenage girls in East New York, or the mortality rate of young boys on the south side of Chicago. Even in friendly conversation, I have to rein in the bell hooksian urge to kill motherfuckers who say stupid shit to me. All day, bitter branches of things I cannot say out loud sprout deviant from my neck. Fuck you, you fucking racist, sexist turd. Fuck you for crying about homophobia while you exploit the desperation of undocumented immigrants to clean your hallways, bathe your children, cook your dinner for less than you and I spend on our tax-deductible lunches. I want to scream out loud, all oppression is connected, you dick. At the heart of every radical action in history stood the dykes who were feminists, the anti-racists who were gay rights activists, the men who believed giving women the vote could only make our communities stronger. As the violence against the poor increases, where are the human rights campaigns in those neighborhoods where the atrocities occur most frequently? As the tide of the Supreme Court changes, where are the marches to support a woman's right to an abortion? And what are we doing about health insurance for those of us who cannot afford it? HIV AIDS was once a reason for gay white men to act up. Now your indifference spells the death of Latino women and imprisoned black boys. Apparently, if the tragedy does not immediately impact you, you don't give a fuck. A revolution once pregnant with expectation flounders. Apathetic and individualistic. No one knows what to call leading anymore. The faces that now represent us have begun to look like the ones who used to burn crosses and beat bull daggers with loaded guns. The very progressive politicians still dance around the issue of gay parenting and the term marriage is still reserved for those unions sanctioned by a church-controlled state. For all the landmarks we celebrate, we are still hyphenated Americans and niggers and bitches and aliens and minstrel references for jokes created on the funny pages of a white heterosexual world. The current leftist manifesto is a corporate agenda and outside of that agenda, a young boy dressed in drag is sucking someone else's dick to pay for his dinner 
a woman is beaten every 12 seconds. Every two minutes, a girl is raped somewhere in America. And while we stand here, well-dressed and rejoicing in India, in China, in South America, a small child cuts the cloth to construct you a new shoe, a slave trade of shoes and shirts for impoverished lives. It's time we put our bodies where our mouths have always been as feminists and free-thinking people. Come one, come all. All those committed to radical social change. We are not simply at a political crossroads. We are buried knee-deep in a quagmire on a battle for humanity. The powers that have always been have already come for the Jew, the communist, the trade unionists, the terrorists. The time to act is now. now while there are still ways that we can fight now because the rights we have left are still so very few now because it is the right thing to do now before you open the door to find they have finally come for you. All right, so we're going to move it on along to the topic segment. And the topic segment is where we just talk about something that doesn't fit into the rest of our <laughs> segments. Um, yeah, so if you have something that you would like to hear our like input on, a question for us, um, or something that you haven't heard like us talk about yet on the podcast, submit it to QueerWalkPod at gmail.com, and we may do it as a topic on the show. So, um, we don't have a topic for this episode, um, and I, well, we had a few submissions, so thank y'all for submitting, but Nikita's not here, and I didn't want to do one of the submitted topics without both of us, so on this solo episode, I'm gonna go, <laughs> this is all funny, because I haven't done this in so long, um, I used to be on Tumblr so heavy. So, for those of y'all who don't know, on Tumblr, there's these posts that go around that's just, like, a list of questions. And you'll repost it on your Tumblr page, and somebody will just send you numbers to, like, answer of off that list of questions. All my Tumblr people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm about to do the... Um, LGBT women ask from Tumblr, right? I'm not going to do all the questions because for those of y'all who know about these um, like tum Tumblr posts, it'd be like 100 questions on the list. But I'm just going to do a few that uh, the numbers got submitted to Queerwalk's uh, inbox. So thank y'all for asking. All right. So I'm going to answer these questions and <laughs> let's see how I do. Okay. Um, number one. How do you define your sexuality? I, money, am a dyke. Um, <laughs> I'm a lesbian. I identify as a lesbian. Uh, question number two. At what age did you first realize that you like girls? Oh, wow. I feel like that's kind of hard because I didn't... Hmm, I don't, like, remember a time before knowing that I like girls. I feel, I feel like uh, at what age did I realize that it was a thing that I could possibly do. <laughs> like, I could actually date girls. It was, like, around 17 that I actually realized that. But for, I mean, some of my earliest memories are, like, really having what I now would call crushes on my close friends. Um, so, like, holding hands in kindergarten. Like, I remember they used to make us line up and, like, hold hands. And um, 
wow, I remember her first name and last name. Um, this girl in my like kindergarten class. It was like it had to be kindergarten, yeah, because I was in the Bronx. Um, and I would always want to hold hands with her, and like because they would line us up, boy girl, which is ridiculous anyway. But I would always want to hold hands with her, and because there were more girls in the class, I always got to because I was tall and I stood at the back of the line. So, um, yeah, so really early, like I had an awareness that like, oh my gosh, I like girls, but then some some way I remember so distinctly in like sixth grade I was like that's not you like you can't do that and so <laughs> so I like went through from like sixth grade to 17 years old thinking like that's not a possibility like sure everybody likes girls but <laughs> um you have to grow up and like be with a guy that's like what life is and then it was it was really like senior year of high school going to college that I was like oh nah I don't. I really. I don't have to date dudes. Um, so yeah, that was a long answer to that question. But um, question number three: How out are you? I'm so out. I'm the co-host of a podcast called Queer Women of Color. <laughs> question number seven: What is your current relationship status? Uh, that would be single. <laughs> Question 11. How often do you wear flannel? Um, never. I So this is so funny because we have a new queer um like club in Syracuse and they have these, you know, lesbian nights called flannel and I don't have no flannels, y'all. I don't own flannel. It's not a thing for me. So um I have a lot of vests. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the and I have some bow ties that's those are like the the queer women accessories that I own I don't have no flannel I need to step my flannel game up but I've just never seen one cute enough that I want to rock and um also is I don't find the material very like comfy yeah so unless y'all can give me some suggestions for flannels I will be the flannelist dyke question 20 Ellen or Portia Sid <laughs> Sid from the internet. That's my answer to that one. Uh, question 21. Is your nose pierced? Yes, my nose is pierced. Is that like, is that a gay girl thing? Hmm. This is so funny because um, like me and my friends were trying to make a queer taboo game. And we were trying to think of like words to write down, like what's queer woman culture. I didn't know nose piercing. I, I guess sept, I have my septum pierced. I think septums, like, used to be queer, but then, like, now they popping. So, like, everybody has them. I don't know. Tell me what y'all think. Are, are septum piercings still, like, a queer thing? Hmm. Question 30. Have you ever celebrated National Coming Out Day on October 11th? Uh, yes, I have, actually. Um, I think I've made, like, a couple Instagram posts uh, on like October 11th uh, I, the one that I really remember though is undergrad my senior year because I think that was like my very first 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 like official coming out day that I was like out um, and however you want to complicate out to mean like where people knew I was gay <laughs> so I've, cel I've, I've celebrated I've observed yes I have observed October 11th Question 36, who is your favorite LGBTQ celebrity? 
My favorite LGBTQ celebrity is Billy V. Porter. <laughs> Billy Porter is my favorite queer celebrity, hands down. Like, he's my wallpaper on my <laughs> my computer right now. Um, every time I, like, go to my folder to pull up my dissertation, like, I see Billy Porter with them gold wings um, at the Met Gala, and I just get inspired to finish my shit. He's a Virgo, you know, <laughs> like, just holding it down for um, all the things. So Billy Porter is my favorite LGBT celebrity. Question number 47. Have you and a girlfriend ever been mistaken for sisters? No, me and a girlfriend have never been mistaken for sisters, but we have been mistaken for like relatives. So like people would think that we cousins or something that has happened before. Or just not that we're together, you know, like people don't assume that we're a couple. Um, That has happened a lot. Question number 69. Boobs or butt? Hmm. Probably booty. <laughs> Question 70. Beer or wine? Neither. I don't drink. It is disgusting. I don't know why y'all do it. It's gross. And <laughs> on top of it being gross, it gives me headaches. Like, I don't... No, thank you. Okay, I'll do two more. Number 83. Do you have any LGBT relatives? Um, last Pride. Actually, my mom called me and told me that one of her cousin's daughters was going to be at Pride with her wife. And that was like, I was just jaw dropped because I've been the rainbow sheep of my family for so long um, that I was just like, oh my gosh, I have a queer cousin. Um, That made me so happy. So yeah, I officially have an LGBT relative. Well, she not all the letters, you know, she's just lesbian. But um, shout out to us, the two um, rainbow sheep of the family. And the last question I'll do, where do you think is the best place to meet a potential lover? Uh, So I'm actually ending on this question because I wanted to give a little like recap of um, the Kim Folk Festival in Ithaca, New York that I went to um, because I haven't talked about that on the podcast. So... I think the best place to meet a potential lover is at queer, explicitly queer functions. I've That's like really the only place I've ever met. No, that's not true because I've dated sorority sisters. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think only in explicitly queer spaces. Maybe this is just like my thing, but I feel like pretty anxious about like engaging a person flirtatiously, even if they are like pretty visibly queer, if I'm pretty sure that they're queer. Um, in spaces that aren't, like, LGBTQ affirming or supportive or, like, explicitly for queer folks. And so I love going to community events and, you know, being on the lookout for Potential Bay. Um, so speaking of, I went to the Kinfolk Festival in Ithaca, New York, um, hosted by Kinfolk, uh, which is a collective of QPOC um, artists, creatives, innovators, um, and it, yeah, it was on October 5th, uh, and because we had pre-recorded, like, I just didn't get a chance to, like, say, hey! So, Kinfolk Festival was big. <laughs> like, it was in multiple locations, downtown Ithaca. I'm not familiar with Ithaca, so, like, getting, 
around was like pretty confusing for me, but that's because like, you know, I'm not from there and I don't, I have friends there. There's no excuse why I don't hang out in Ithaca more, especially because there's uh, a lot more options in Ithaca and there's a lot more baddies in Ithaca. I should definitely be there more. But yeah, so there was the, my favorite part was the, um, the film festival. The shorts were amazing. Like they were just such good short films, all centering queer and trans folks of color. And so there was one, I remember it was like in celebration of femmes. It might have been like the last film, but it was just so visually beautiful. Like, oh my goodness. Um, it was just gorgeous. Everybody in it was dope as fuck. Um, they were reciting like like poetry and like dancing to uh, songs. And they were, <laughs> they like had like a, a Cheetah Girl sing along. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was so dope. And it was like the only space in the conference that I was able to like talk to other attendees because the rest of, I was in workshops. Because you know, I'm a workshop hoe. Hashtag a- academic hoe. Um, and so I didn't really get a chance to like fully interact with folks in the workshops but at the film festival I did yeah and it was just fun like (laughs) sitting sitting in um, a movie theater full of queer and trans folks of color and like allies and all laughing at the same parts because you know like when you go to a regular movie theater and y'all watching like a queer movie of color you just don't know what folks are laughing at Um, so it felt good to like be in a safe you know safe in a safe place and laughing at the same things with folks who identify in similar ways as you. I got this um, free wristband that uh, said QPOC take up space. And it was glittery and red and bright as fuck, just like me. And um, I really loved that. The merch was on point. It was dope. Um, I don't know who is like the graphic designers for Kinfolk, but y'all are very talented individuals. Um, yeah, all of the the like pamphlets the merch the maps of downtown like were just they they're just gorgeous like y'all saw the flyer we posted it on our instagram so imagine like that but for everything (laughs) yeah um i also met up with like some of my homies who live in ithaca while i was there and i don't get to hang out enough with them at all so that was fun um, I didn't get a chance to catch up with Candace because I had to run back to Syracuse that night. But I heard there was also an after party. I'm sure my potential bay was there. I'm really sad I had to miss that. But I came back to Syracuse and I hung out with some of my lovely uh, siblings and homies here. So that felt good. So I missed the after party. But I did, <laughs> did have fun hanging out with the homies in Syracuse. I still have my badge from Kinfolk Festival. I'm going to keep it. Uh, I'm really excited at the thought that um, next year we could have the Queer Walk Upstate Escape and then Kinfolk Festival again, like back to back, like this year. I'm, I'm like just proud of us as an upstate QPOC community and like having having these type of events and spaces for those of us who live in the Rust Belt and who don't live in like the bigger metropolitan city areas, you know, like we, we need stuff up here that isn't like a four and a half, five hour drive away. And so even just that, like I felt very overwhelmed by 
going up to the registration table and immediately seeing five other queer folks of color and going into a workshop um, and immediately being surrounded by like eight other queer folks of color. Yeah, like the workshop, the workshops that I attended were the mental health ones, obviously. <laughs> and like meeting another black queer therapist, you know, it's just like, like things like that. Like I can't, I can't under stress like how um, impactful and meaningful those moments are. And so I just wanted to shout out Kim Folk and thank you so much for like making that space and also for being like a part of our queer of color of state community. I'm so proud to call y'all part of the community. So proud to call y'all siblings in the struggle. <laughs> and um, last but not least, super shout out to uh, Kenya Crawford. Um, that I met at um, the Kim Folk Festival. And so Kenya, you can find her on Instagram at Kenya Therapy. She's a psychotherapist in, I'm pretty sure she's in the city, in New York City. And yeah, just a black queer mental health counselor. And we got to talk after her um, incredible session at Kim Folk about just like getting folks access to um, services, but also about like being black queer therapists and just wanted to shout her out and let y'all know that there are other black queer therapists out here doing the damn thing. So shout out to Kenya at Kenya Therapy. All right. Well, I guess this turned out to not be a mini-sode that (laughs) I got through all the segments. This last segment is the Curved Chronicles segment. Curved, 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 curved. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Um, it's still Nikita's still better than me. Don't tell her I say that. Um, yeah. So Curved Chronicles is all about the dating woes and wins of of being a queer walk or a queer pock. Y'all can submit your own Curved Chronicles or like dating questions or like relational topics that y'all want us to talk about at queerwalkpod at gmail.com. Or if it's not that long, you could just hit us in the DMs or like post it as a comment and we'll reply too. Um, okay, so y'all, y'all know the last time I talked about like Tinder being a wasteland. But against my better judgment, I went on a Tinder date last week. I know, I know, I know. I hear all y'all. I heard the collective all damn. Ah, damn. Yes, I did. I went on a Tinder date. And, okay, so me and this uh, girl matched on Tinder. Um, She actually was a person who was interested in women. (laughs) Because y'all know that, that has happened to me before. I match with somebody and they're like, oh, no. I'm not gay. I'm just looking for friends. I'm like, hmm, okay. Um, so we matched, and we have been talking for a little while. And, you know, this should have been, like, the first red flag. It's like I kind of felt – I don't know how to explain this, y'all. I was actually talking to one of my friends about this the other day. I just get these vibes about people. Um, and so there's this person that I really can't stand, and this person has never done anything to me, y'all. Like <laughs> – Like, she's always so sweet, always smiles, always speaks, but I just don't like her. Like, something about her vibe. So, I say that to say, like, this is a thing for me, right? Like, I'll just get a vibe from somebody, and I'll be like, "Mm, mm, mm." And so, I was having that feeling about this person as we talked on the phone and, like, texted each other, but I, I wasn't, like, trying to believe it. I was like, oh, maybe this just feels weird because you're online dating and, like, you don't like doing that anyway. And so, maybe that's the vibe, right? Yeah. It felt like 
yeah, if it just felt like this wasn't a real person. So I kind of like jokingly said, um, oh, I hope you're not a catfish, LOL. And so we video chatted. They weren't a catfish. <laughs> they video chatted. Um, but I noticed, so I talked about like people have filters on their their photos, yeah, I don't think this was a filter. I think this person, like, actually edited their photos to appear lighter skin and definitely edited their photos so that their eye color could be different. Maybe there is an app out there that's doing that, like a filter. I mean, I have a droid, so maybe my my Instagram filters are not doing that. Like, a whole-ass different eye color than in the photos. And I was like, hmm, okay. You know, I understand anti-blackness and everybody's working through these things and like how we come to find ourselves beautiful uh it's different for everybody so I'm like okay maybe it's like color context da 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 whatever you know right I'm still having this feeling but I'm still ignoring it <laughs> I'm still ignoring it oh I gotta stop ignoring that feeling um because it usually ends up to always be right but you know trying to meet people so we end up making plans to meet on Friday and so I'm like okay and I was like at work all day because I work all all day on Fridays and so she was like okay I will make dinner for us and you can just like come through and eat dinner after you get off work so around 6 30 she called me and she was like hey I'm making dinner but I forgot like I'm making burgers I'm making us these like vegan burgers I'm really into like vegan cooking and I forgot the tomatoes for the burgers. So would you mind stopping by like Wegmans to pick up a bur- uh, a tomato for the burgers? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. In my head, I'm thinking, yeah, a tomato is like a dollar. So I'm about, <laughs> I'm about to pick up this dollar tomato and have a bomb-ass homemade vegan burger, of course. So I pick up the tomato. And I'm on my way to her place. And, you know, of course, I drop my my, my Google location and tell my friend Christian where I'm going because I never met this person before and I have this feeling, right? So I go. Everything was normal, y'all. It was, like, fine. It was an actual house. <laughs> she was an actual person. Again, like, like much, much more um, darker skinned and darker eye color than her photos. But I had already saw that. I had already peeped that because of the video chatting. And I don't know, y'all. Like, it's, are we still on colorism? I feel like, oh, gosh. I just wish we we could move past that. Like, that that's still a place that, like, people feel feel like less beautiful because of like a skin complexion like that actually makes me really sad I wish we could just like move past that because like ooh, yeah I don't I don't think you need to lighten yourself to appear cuter like like dark skin and cute that's fine um yeah so we go in and she is obviously high y'all like um maybe weed maybe something else but um, I was like, oh, okay, maybe, like, she was nervous. And then she asked me, she was like, oh, do I smell like weed? I was like, mm, no, not really. Um, and so, like, so I'm like, okay, maybe she's nervous, you know, trying to calm it down um, and smoked. But for an hour straight, she talked about herself, like, all about herself. It was funny because it was, like, at a point I was like, um, I don't smell no food cooking. <laughs> 
even trying to like change the the topic to the dinner we were supposed to be having um and that didn't even help uh cuz she wasn't cooking y'all i bought the tomatoes i even bought some dessert i i got i grabbed some cookies you know i went up above and beyond i grabbed some like vegan cookies um with the vegan chocolate chips you know which are not cheap so i know you know but i was just like okay whatever and she talked about herself for a solid hour like I don't know if it was nerves I don't I don't know like what it was y'all it was it was painful like I could barely get in a really wow because like she like kept talking and I would like start to say something not not to redirect it onto a different topic after a while it was like 30 minutes in I was like oh she really likes talking about herself I was trying to like just respond to what she was saying and she would continue to talk over me And so I was like, hmm, okay. (laughs) Yeah, like telling me about how, how like she was engaged to this woman, but just like moved and didn't tell the woman that she was breaking off the engagement. That's a red flag. Um, Telling me how she like dated this person um, because she didn't like have a place to stay. That's also a red flag. So I'm like, what is happening here? This feels like really, really weird. And then... She got up to finally, I guess, to start making dinner. But it's it's it was already like eight o'clock by then that she gets up. Everything is frozen that she pulls out, and she didn't make no fresh vegan burgers. She pulled out some damn Boca burgers. I could go to the store and buy those. Like this is not <laughs> this is not something that this is not a gourmet vegan burger that you're whipping up. Um, and then. She starts to talk about like why she went vegan, um, and how she's cured of all these like. Um, ailments because she met Dr. Sebi like back in the day and like got the Dr. Sebi diet and got cured of like all these things and how like everybody should be on the Sebi diet and um, that's why they killed Nipsey Hussle rest in peace Nip Um, and I'm I'm just sitting there like now don't get me wrong y'all I got my own conspiracy theories you know like but this is not one of them and I especially wouldn't be this deep off in a conspiracy theory talking to somebody that I just met and I'm like kind of trying to have a dinner date with like, I saved that for the people who know me. And so it just felt, yeah, it just felt bizarre. And so I text my friend Christian. I was like, call me <laughs> and tell me that you need me to pick you up. Um, and shout out uh, to Christian, the hitter, because she actually did um, <laughs> call me and I got to escape. All of that to say, she never made dinner. She never made anything. She just took it out and continued to talk about herself Um, And so I'm not like usually after a day of work, I don't want to talk to nobody because like seeing seven, eight clients a day is like it's a lot. Um, And so it just felt like another session and that felt really bad to me. So I just I started I'm like, are you nervous? You know, like trying to be sensitive to like this is the first time we're meeting. We matched on a dating app, blah, blah, blah. And she was like. Yeah, let me go smoke again (laughs) and went to go smoke more weed, y'all. And so I was like, okay, this is my cue. Um, And I just left. And now what I'm trying to do is like find a way to not ghost her. So see, usually the Curve Chronicles, 
Like, I have Nikita to give me feedback on my trash-ass dating life. But I would like for y'all to share with me what would you have either done in this situation or what should I? What should my next moves be? Because she has texted me and been like, oh, hey, like, I'm doing schoolwork. I know you have schoolwork to do. Like, you want to, like, meet up and do work. I don't want to ghost her because, like, I'm grown and I would like to do something more emotionally mature than that. But is she owed that? Like, <laughs> real questions, y'all. Um... Yeah, so just let me know what y'all think about the tomato, the tender tomato date. <laughs> um, and yeah, she kept my damn tomato for uh, for all of you who are wondering that. <laughs> she kept the tomato. She kept the fucking cookies. Um, I I actually didn't want to spend time getting gathering my shit. I just wanted to get out of there. Uh, she probably she doesn't know anything about me other than my Tinder profile. So my name and my age. Um, never once like asked me anything. But I guess if you're high. Um, I know some people get real chatty when they high, and so you probably didn't have, like, even any sense that that she wasn't being, like, responsive to me and just had a lot of these, like, hits blunt moments of, like, talking about conspiracy theories. So, yeah. Yeah, y'all. So, um, <laughs> I, that that is an update on my non-existent dating life. The Tinder Tomato Date. Use the hashtag QueerWOC to tell me <laughs> what you would have done in that situation or if you have any, like, feedback or advice for me. Maybe that's uh, the trajectory of Curved Chronicles is that I turn it over to y'all for some some sort of guidance on the trash that is navigating dating as a black lesbian. Yeah, so I think this is an episode all by myself. Uh, I hope y'all enjoy and uh, either laugh at my tragedy or are able to, like, give me some kind of, mm, girl, this is what you should do. Use the hashtag, again, QueerWOC or QueerWOCPOD to talk all things the podcast. Hit us up at QueerWalkPod. Send an email to QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. This has been Money, the Last Lesbian, and you just listened to Queer Walk the Podcast. Everybody go show Nikita some love. Tell her we miss her at Afro Blazing Guns. Pow, pow. All right. Deuces, y'all. Talk to y'all soon.